This is Cross Hope with Randy Snyder. Cross Hope is broadcast daily and shares five minutes of hope and encouragement from the Word of God. Our companion website is www.crosshope.org. Now with today's uplifting message, here's Randy. Well, all this week, the sixth message from the series in Joshua, probably the most famous passage out of the book of Joshua about the taking down of the city of Jericho. Most people who don't even know anything about the Bible have an awareness of a a city called Jericho, where the, the Israelites marched around the city, and then the walls came tumbling down. They have some familiarity with it. And some of you might have heard of Glenn Wheeler, who was a minister in Ironton, Ohio, years ago. He was a widower for years, and in his later life became the chaplain at Worthington Christian Village, a retirement place. And he told me one time that a a woman came up to him and said, you know, you look a lot like my third husband. And he said, well, ma'am, how many times have you been married? She said, twice. Well, someone has said there are 10 stories in the Bible that they believe that people who aren't familiar with the Bible at all have some familiarity with. And of course, David and Goliath, the flood, I mean, there are different things that can come to the parable of the prodigal son. But one of them that made his top 10 list was this passage we studied today, the fall of Jericho where Joshua and the people come into the promised land. They fought two battles on the east side of the Jordan River, but when they crossed the Jordan River, you know how many battles they fought? 39. What's the lesson there? Sometimes the most of the battles in your life come when you come to Christ. After you become a Christian, you have to deal with battles. We'll talk about that in a minute. But that's what happened with Joshua. And most people have a familiarity with the people of God marching around the city for seven days and then shouting, and then the walls come tumbling down. It's not just a kid's story. It's not just a cute story that we tell people, a Bible story kind of thing. It's a factual event that happened in the book of Joshua. We're going to study it very quickly today, beginning Joshua 5.13. Now, when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, are you for us or are you for our enemies? Remember, Joshua had an army of 40,000 men, so that wouldn't be unusual. You don't know everybody. If you work with 40,000 people, you wouldn't recognize people either. But people criticize Joshua because he doesn't recognize who he is. Verse 14, neither, the man replied, but I'm the commander of the army of the Lord, and I've now come to be with you. Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, what message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your sandals, for the place you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Now Jericho was tightly shut up because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men, 
do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. And on the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have all the people give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the people will go up, every man straight in. This is such a powerful story about God's hand upon a nation and God's hand upon a a person named Joshua. And what I want to do today is not do the typical thing I did years ago when I preached from this passage. I talked about four strongholds in your life, and there's certainly nothing wrong with that. Four stronghold. A stronghold is anything in your life that takes the power of God to deal with. Some of you heard it. The stronghold of unconfessed sin. If you have a sin in your life that you haven't confessed, i got news for you. It's gaining strength every day. Every day it's picking up power, like a snowball down a hill. And it's picking up mass and picking up strength in its existence in your life. So there's the stronghold of unconfessed sin. There's the stronghold of a bitter spirit. Bitterness never starts out as sin, but it always ends up that way. Some of you didn't hear that. I'm going to say it again. Bitterness doesn't start out as sin, but it always ends up that way. If you have bitterness toward a brother or sister, a family member, a co-worker, a relative, a neighbor, and you let that bitterness fester, it becomes a stronghold that takes the power of Almighty God in your life to deal with. It really does. It takes the power of God. I talked about the stronghold of pride in our goodness. Did you know that your pride or my pride in what we do or who we are can actually become a stronghold that the Lord says, you need to take it down in the name of Christ. Just like Joshua marched around with the city of Jericho, you need to march around the pride in your life and give the shout, Lord, take it down. And I believe you will. I'm going to talk about that in an indirect way by talking about something I've never talked about before, and that is the the person who showed up in front of Joshua, a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand, and Joshua does the natural thing. Who are you? You one of our guys? Are you with us? Are you with them, with Jericho? And the response was neither. I'm the commander of the Lord's army. He was an angel, in my opinion. He was an angelic being. People said, well, why didn't Joshua recognize him? I'll tell you why he didn't recognize him, because of the actual Encounter with an angel. An angel is a ministering spirit sent to minister to the people of God. He was just an angel. He wasn't recognizable with wings and so forth and a halo over his head. An angel can be anybody in your life. Anybody in your life at any time. God can use him for that purpose. I'm convinced that there's power in Joshua recognizing God's angel eventually. He falls on his face before him. That's humility. You know, it's one thing to nod to somebody. I saw something on television about when you encounter royal family, you're supposed to, a man is supposed to bow, slightly bow to the queen. A woman is supposed to curtsy and it's to show honor. He got on his face before this angel of God to humble himself. God can do 
a lot more with a man or woman who's willing to humble themselves before the Lord than anybody else. I've got a story I'm going to tell. I almost didn't use this, and I'm still not comfortable using it. It's anonymous. It's a minister who wrote this about his former congregation. It sounds pretty critical, but it's not at the end. I want you to hear it. Well, maybe I've got your attention, but I want you to hear this story that on the surface seemed very critical to me when I read it. But yet he ends it in such a way that he gives the credit to the Lord for what God was able to do and these people that he served in his first congregation. Let's listen tomorrow to Cross Oak. That's crossoak.org. Well, the story I'm going to begin with today on Cross Hope, I almost didn't use in the message. I actually still have concerns about using it because it's a minister criticizing pretty strongly his former congregation. It's an anonymous story. I have no idea who the minister is that wrote this. But let it speak to you because it ends on a positive note about God using unlikely people to build his kingdom. Let's listen to this next part of the message from Joshua 5, the taking down of Jericho. God bless you as you listen. And he writes about a former congregation he served, and this is what he says that sounds so awful to some of you. Mary could not sing in tune. She couldn't hold a tune, but she insisted on singing often. Joe, the maintenance guy, had only one tool, a hammer. Fred would go to sleep in meetings he was chairing. Hilda's welcome at the front door would be like being interrogated by the police to others. I thought that was great. She asked so many questions, people felt they were being interrogated by her. They voted for guest services, but no one brought one. Surviving the potluck supper was triumph of faith over disease. (laughs) You can think about that later. The coffee needed a health warning. The youth group were terrifying. The seniors were even more terrifying. The facilities committee voted to paint the entrance hall yellow. They argued over the smallest things. Which side of the platform should the piano be on? Should the church trash have a metal lid or a rubber lid? These are the things they argued about. Now, the minister said this, they always left me praying. Lord, how can I win the world with these people? And here's where the power comes in. And yet people came to faith. We baptized people often. The numbers of those attending kept rising so that in a little over two years, we had to move into a much larger building to accommodate the crowds. We planted another church, which took off spectacularly. People grew in faith, in knowledge, and love for the Lord. And he said, I prayed, Lord, how is this happening? And he felt the Lord say to him, because of me. The Lord, it's happening, not because of you. So many people want to take credit for what the Lord does in anything, and it's the Lord that's either working or he's not. He's either working or he's not. And so my message for the fall of Jericho is the fall of your ego and my ego. The fall of your ego and my ego. The commander of the Lord's army was telling Joshua, Joshua, I'm in charge. You think the battle is yours. I'm here in charge of the Lord's army. That's the message that comes comes to me. Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy. Here's what I want to share with you. 
Some of you have been standing on holy ground in situations and you didn't even know it. The Lord brought someone in your life at a hospital. The Lord brought someone into your life at work. The Lord brought someone in your life in your neighborhood. And it was a holy moment as the Lord was speaking to you a word. God uses unlikely people. Unlikely people in your life and in my life. Rosalind Moss was a chaplain at a women's prison in Lancaster, California, just outside of Los Angeles. Well, I want you to hear this story about Rosalind Moss from Lancaster, California, talking about pride in a guard, in a fellow guard, a sergeant at this women's prison. It will speak to you in a powerful way as we continue this message from Joshua 5, crosshope.org. Rosalind Moss was a chaplain at a women's prison in Lancaster, California, just outside of Los Angeles. She worked with prisoners because she was new. She just arrived at this prison as a woman's chaplain. And she was having lunch in the employee dining room. And a crusty old sergeant guard came up to her and said, I hear you're one of the new chaplains. Yeah, I am. You know, chaplain, uh, these prisoners sometimes use religion as an escape hatch. They think, well, if I can get religion, maybe I'll get some benefit out of it in terms of my sentence. And he said, it's all a game. It's all an act. And he said, you guys in the chaplain department have this booklet, and I think on page 12, you tell people, prisoners, if they believe page 12, they'll be saved. He said, it's a bunch of bull. His exact words, a bunch of bull. And Rosalind said she didn't answer. She didn't fight with him. She didn't argue with him. She said, Sergeant, have you ever read page 12? She said, no, I haven't. And she shared with him, it was from Luke 5, where Jesus said, I've not come for the healthy. I've come for the sick to minister to them, to take care of them. And The sergeant was argumentative about what she shared. And then he said this, what about us good guys? And she said, the Lord can't help you. The Lord can't help you. You're good in your own eyes and you're decent in your own eyes. And the Lord can't, he's got nothing he can do for you. He said, I've come to help the sick. I've come to help the weak. I've come to help people who are emotionally drained and emotionally wounded. And those are the people that I've come to help. Rosalind Moss would say this, I don't know whatever happened to that sergeant. But I do know, he said, there are people that have turned their lives around. When they came to the place in humility, they humbled themselves before the Lord, just like Joshua did with the angel. I recognize who you are. I recognize your power and referenced him as Lord. When's the last time you humbled yourself before the Lord like that? You know, most people say, never. I don't humble myself for anybody. When it's the most spiritual moment in a man's life or a woman's life, when we literally put ourselves in front of the Lord and say, Lord, forgive me, a sinner. I love what verse 1 says of chapter 6. 
Jericho was tightly shut up because of the Israelites. No one went out. No one came in. Was it because they were just maintaining their strength? No, they were afraid. I I found out just yesterday that Jericho was called a garrison city. It was near the river, and it was meant to be the, the first town that people came to as a fortified city. And I've heard estimates that it was the size of seven to nine acres. You can picture seven to nine acres in your mind, and that was the size of the city. And it was actually, this is interesting. I wish I had a diagram to put up on the screen. There were two walls. There was the first wall, and then there was a flat piece of ground probably, and then a bigger wall, maybe 50, 60 feet high. So in order to get through the city, you had to come through two walls. And it was probably, the archaeologist that was describing it said, that's probably where Rahab, the prostitute, lived. We read about her a few weeks ago. She lived in that ground between the walls. You say, what was the good thing about that? Nothing. If the city was attacked, they were the first line of houses to be attacked. were in between the walls. Verse 20 says, when the trumpets sounded, the people shouted, and the sound of the trumpet, when the people gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. The wall collapsed, so every man charged straight in, and they took the city. They took the city. I want to close with a powerful story, I think, told by Barry Black. Barry Black. Barry is a former Navy Admiral. Barry grew up in Baltimore, in what I think is described as the inner city of Baltimore. He grew up in a poor family. And I've never heard anybody describe this. Dave, you'll get an interest in this story. The family had a record player. And Barry said they had one record. It wasn't Dave Boyer. And it wasn't Gene Autry or whatever. This was years ago. They had one record for a record player. It was Peter Marshall, Presbyterian minister, who would become the chaplain of the U.S. Senate, the 56th chaplain of the U.S. Senate. And so this young eight-year-old boy, Barry Black, said, that's all I listened to on my record player was the sermon over and over. He said, I memorized the sermon. And he said it was as if God was looking down and saying, we're going to have fun with this young man. You see, you know who the chaplain of the U.S. Senate is now? Barry Black. God took a young boy, eight years old, inner city of Baltimore, listening to a sermon over and over of Peter Marshall, the chaplain of the United States Senate, and then to lead that young man as an adult to become not only chief of Navy chaplains, but to become the 62nd chaplain of the United States Senate. What do you call that? God working in humility and humbleness of a person's life and say, I'll raise you up. And so the message today is this. You may be looking at your own ability and your own talents and your own skills at your job, and God says, who gave you those things? I did. Who gives you the ability to breathe? I do. Who gives you the ability to function in this world? I do. 
And that's the God that wants to work in a man's life who humbles himself before the Lord, in a woman's life who humbles herself before the Lord, because that's the message of the walls of Jericho. Not just a great military victory, but God working through the humility of broken people like Joshua, who fell on his face before an angel of the Lord. Maybe you need to do that this week privately, either figuratively or literally. Say, Lord, I humble myself before you. You know what will happen? God will work in your life. He will work in your life because he's God. And he works in the life of men like Barry Black, people like you, people like me, to demonstrate his strength. God manifests his strength in the weakness of people. That's what the Bible says. He demonstrates his strength in our weakness. If that's true, why would you want it any other way for him to work in your life today? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for speaking to us through Joshua 5 and 6. You can take down strongholds in our lives. There may be men and women here with the stronghold of unconfessed sin. There may be a person here today with the stronghold of a bitter spirit. Take it down in the name of Christ. There may be somebody here with a a stronghold of pride in our abilities and our talents. And today you take it down. You've been listening to Cross Hope with Randy Snyder. For more information about this ministry or to re-listen to any message heard on this broadcast, go to our website at crosshope.org. Be sure to join us at this same time each weekday or listen at www.crosshope.org. Cross Hope is listener-supported and is produced by Cross Hope Ministries, Incorporated.